Welcome to The Hustler's Huddle. So glad to be back. My name is Chris. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Whitwell, to my right, I have. Wow, this is Dario Radio Davis. <laughs> already getting it in, man. Hey, they'll get it in a moment. Already getting it in. <laughs> That's what's up. What's going on, PJ? Uh, chilling, man. Producer PJ here. Ready to get this uh, going, hey, man. This is Excited about today. About Yes, I forgot all. Look, I took a, I took a, what a podcast or two off, and I'm backing up. Let me, let me back this up. Welcome to the Hustlers Huddle, a networking podcast about you. You. (laughs) And who is you today? I'm Alan Newman. I'm a local beekeeper. Alan, thank you so much for being here. Beekeeping. So this is actually, I'm glad he's on. We were talking a little bit about this before the show, um, and we're gonna get into every nook and cranny of your life. But I. I'm infamous for trying to find get-rich-quick schemes, even though I know it's not a thing, right? Um, I I like passive income more so than get-rich-quick. And I, for a short time, thought beekeeping would be a decently passive thing that I could do, you know, go pull up some honeycombs, whatever it is. And um, I'm tell me how wrong I am about this. Because you're, you're a little is, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, as far as, I mean, if you're looking to make a career out of it, yeah, it's going to take hundreds of hives. So you're looking at a massive investment to begin with. Right. So along with those hives comes the ability to move and care for those hives. Mm-hmm. So you need flatbed trucks to move them. You need forklifts to get them on and off the trucks or tractors. You know, so you need a whole wood shop to build pallets and hives. So it's a little bit more than just having them out in the garage. See, that's what I was thinking. Oh, I got a backyard. I'll put like 10 colonies back there and piss uh, my one neighbors of the off. things you do run into when you're going to put them in your backyard, check your HOA. Hmm. Well, there's been some instances of, now it wasn't here in Texas that I'm aware of, but I want to say more California, West Coast kind of thing, mm. where HOAs were actually foreclosing on people and kicking them out of the subdivision for having bees. Wow. So that's one of those things, because the thing you have to remember about bees, they're not real good with fences. They don't They don't they, care about your fence. They don't care fence. about your fence, your neighbor's fence, no anybody else's fence. <laughs> yeah. You know, that little box in your backyard, that's just where they come to and sleep at night. Okay. They're out. They travel three to five miles during the day looking for food, Hmm. food, water, whatever the hive needs. So imagine that in a backyard setting with children behind your fence, you know, other neighbors who are allergic, they're mowing their yard. All of a sudden, anybody who knows that you've got bees Hmm. is going to swear it's your bees in their backyard that's stinging them. Hmm. And so you're telling me that on top of the loud music that I normally play, that would make me also unpopular. Yes. What what kind of just since we're on the topic, what kind of acreage would you recommend for? I was just about to ask that, like HOA. Wouldn't wouldn't the first thing, uh, and I'm a person he or she ambitious about beekeeping have a lot of land. You don't necessarily need a lot of land as long as you have bee friendly people around you. Okay, so like a lot of these newer subdivisions that are going in that are like 10, 15, 20 acres, that's not really a problem because you've got standoff distance between you and your neighbors. But these city lots that are 50 by 100, there's not enough room between you and your neighbors because if they throw a rock from their lawnmower and it hits the fence where the bees are and that disturbs them and they come boiling out of there, Mm. 
That's I, your liability. I completely interrupted Chris's question, but what kind of acreage would you? Would you I would suggest if you're going to have bees that you have at least 20. Wow. Wow. Yes. And it's, it's enough to build a shooting range too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get, I can tell you from experience being on 20 acres, that's enough room for to put the bees at the back mm -hmm. and they don't really interfere. Cause remember every time you throw your trash out and there's beer cans or soda cans in there, the bees are going to be attracted to that too. So they're going to be around the house. Mm -hmm. So if you've got 50 beehives in your backyard, the first place they're going is the closest place for food. Mm. And you don't want 50 beehives coming to your house looking for food no. at all. So this is this is a full-time profession for you. This is your, your how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it, let's see, I retired from the Army in 2008. So you're looking at probably 15 years now. And you were act, active duty in the Army for the full 20 or 21? Yeah, I did 20 years and six months, retired in, I want to say July 1st of 2008. Thank you for your service, Alan. Absolutely. But yeah, it was supposed to be a hobby that would keep me busy. The Army? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, that was a full-time job, trust me. Uh, the beekeeping was supposed to be a uh, hobby to keep me busy after I retired. Okay. You know, And I started off doing removals for people for free and just doing it in my spare time because I had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And as I got to doing more and more of them, I collected more and more hives. I started doing like the weekend markets, you know, Bernie, Blanco, uh, Hill Country, different market every weekend. Uh, and then about five years ago, I want to say now, I got accepted into the Pearl Brewery downtown. So I do the Pearl Brewery mm -hmm. uh, farmer's market every weekend. Awesome. So, so that keeps me busy. What, what, uh, what hours is that farmer's market for those that may be traveling into San Antonio or are not aware of it? On Saturdays, it's from 9 to 1. On Sundays, it's from 10 to 2. It's right down at the Pearl Brewery facilities. They've done a great job with things down there. Mm -hmm. They've got a splash pad for the kids. They've got a food hall with lots of different dining options and great grassy areas just to hang out and enjoy the music. You know, it's an incredible place down there to really take is. your family, yeah, spend a spend a good time. Uh, great craft beer. So it's a brewery, so like you can walk around with your mm -hmm. beer. You can enjoy the different vendors and stuff. And highly recommend. It. I'm there all the time. So, so like what you're saying is, is on a good Saturday or Sunday, you should roll out. Maybe get some lunch at Greens. Day drink. Right. Day drink. <laughs> Day drink. <laughs> Get get some food in you, some great vegetarian food at Greens, the whole, and then yeah, go buy out everything off of your um, area, right? You Every go. jar of honey that you got. Is it true with, um, I've heard that uh, local allergens are within the honey and it helps with allergies and people that suffer yeah, with that? What, what it does is it, it introduces the local pollens to your system a, a little bit at a time. Okay. So what it does is it gives your body that adjustment, the ability to adjust and get used to those pollens. So that when, you know, this time of year rolls around, it doesn't just punch you in the face. Right. Like cedar fever does normally. Yeah. Which we're all struggling with. Mountain cedars. And that's stupid. one of the things that you find with grocery store honeys that you need to be, that the consumer needs to be aware of. It. Look at the label. See where it's from. A lot of these grocery store labels are from four or five different countries. Right. They're not local. They may hmm. say local honey on it, but if you look at it, it's not. If you actually read it, okay. Um, one of the things they do is they'll super filtrate it, so there's no pollen in it. You can't 
figure out where the honey comes from if you can't track the pollen. Right. Okay. So they're super filtrating it, which makes it super clear. Then they heat it so it stays clear and runny on the shelf mm-hmm. forever. But the temperatures they take it to to do that kill everything that you're buying the honey for. Hmm. All the microbiotics, you know, all the good stuff that's in the honey right. gets killed above 150. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, anyone that knows me knows I love what I mean. I say I love I love peanut butter and honey sandwiches and I've been eating them for well over 20 years. I'll be 40 in a couple months. The backstory on this, my uh, me and PJ actually went to uh, high school together, San Antonio okay. MacArthur. I don't know if PJ remembers uh, one of the geology teachers, Mr. Bordelon. He used to sweeten his coffee with honey. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sugar. It wasn't creamer. It wasn't milk. It wasn't half and half. And Mr. Bordelon, like, how do I describe him? He was like a, uh, no disrespect, Mr. Bordelon, a shout out to you. You were one of the best <laughs> teachers I ever had. He was like a not as quite handsome Jason Statham. Right. But he had a big country boy mustache and a little bit of a belly. He kind of talked like this, and like <laughs> Dario, I'm I'm just I, I sweet my I sweet my coffee with honey. I'm like with honey. It's like, oh man, come on, man, honey, you did that? You get a spoonful of honey a day. I ain't been the doctor in about 17 years, and so on and so forth. He's like, yeah, because at the time in high school, I did have a lot of peanut butter and jelly. He's like, hey man, you need to switch that peanut butter and jelly to peanut butter and honey. <laughs> and, and I did that my senior year in high school, and that was all, uh, almost 20 years ago. And ever since that day, I mean, I've maybe gotten sick twice. And that's, and that's no, one of the- I'm 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 really? not exaggerating here. And as a former Marine, and like I just ate honey wherever I could get it. But even more to your point, being in San Antonio area, South Central Texas, yes, to with all the mountain cedar, the you know all the all the crap we have in the air. It, it makes perfect sense coming from an expert like you. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, I'll never be able to eat that much honey. It's easy. It, it, it's easy. Coffee, tea, yeah. your oatmeal, yeah. your mm-hmm. smoothies, That's exactly. your yogurt, mm-hmm. your peanut butter. You know, Preach. Preach. It can go on your dessert, your ice cream. Yep. I've got a product that's pecan. It's a chopped pecans and honey. That stuff's mm. great on oatmeal, yogurt, ice cream, yep. all kinds of stuff. So I'm just thinking, like you're selling just straight jarred honey. Would take us through your product line. What else? No, do you have? I've got uh, I've got the pecans and honey. I have honey <clears throat> comb in honey. I have either big blocks or sometimes small chunks of it. Uh, a lot of people like that for like charcuterie trays. I'm an idiot. I'm like the cereal. Oh no, no he means the actual comb. Honey comb is actually <laughs> by real bees, not the cartoon. Oh, ones. I figured <laughs> not. Not Kellogg's, Chris. Not the Kellogg's. Brother. Not busy the busy. <laughs> hey, Alan. Like you sell out like all I, the time. I right? sell out. I do flavored honeys as well. I have a habanero, a cinnamon, a vanilla, lavender. A lot of people really like the lavender as well as my just straight up wildflower honey. So a lot of times on Sunday, if you're getting there at the end of the market, last half of the market sometimes, I may be out. So you gotta get out there and get shopping early. So, okay, you got it down. You're, 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 you've monetized it, you're doing well, it's your full-time gig. Um, take me back to when you had it as a, a hobby, at what point, because we all hit it, right? Several times as hustlers, right? And that's kind of the idea of the show. We like to know 
the story and the hustle and the grind about getting to where you were. So take me through maybe an experience or two where you just kind of stood there and looked around and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to to save this or I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I can tell you when I decided to make the break from real work and just do these. Okay. I was working a regular job part-time at HEB, mm-hmm. working, lost control for HEB, 35 to 40 hours a week. And when I was making more, started making more money selling honey than I was working 40 hours a week, and I got to spend my time with bees instead of assholes, it was <laughs> right. time to make that change. I got to give them props, right? This is how you can tell a hustler without asking them if they're a hustler. I was working a part-time job. 35 to 40 hours, right? You got poll it. most people that are just trying to make it, they're going to be like, oh, I've got to work 41 hours this week and I hate life. This guy says part-time, 35 to 40 hours. Respect. So well, my, and, weekends, my weekends were then spent at the markets selling my honey. Yeah. So I was basically working seven days a week and taking care of the bees during the week when I was off from my regular job. So... What you just said, what I find very intriguing, you said, I would rather spend my time with bees than assholes. So are bees nicer than people? <laughs> bees, bees have nothing to hide from you. There you go. If they're not in a good mood or you're not in a good mood and they think you need to straighten your attitude out, they'll let you know. They will let you know. <laughs> I think society would be better if so, we did. So they're I, not going to turn their backs on you for just a little bit and wait for you to get comfortable yeah. and then attack you like, no. you know, people do. Yeah. Bees are going to come out of that hive and let you know. Yeah. I, like I've, I mean, I can tell you from firsthand experience, like, and that's to say, I mean, we just kind of glazed over the part that he's a beekeeper. That type of work, I mean, it's it's different, right? Like, it's a different type of person. It's a different. It's a different so let me was, let me give you an example of. of, of there we go. I gotta hear the story now. So I'm out. At, I had bees at PJ's place. Yeah. And I had bees all <laughs> over the back of my truck one day. Okay. And I'm standing out there watching them playing with the bees. They're all over the truck, just in a big oh cloud, yeah. just flying around me, not paying a bit of attention to me. People come, PJ comes out the front door, which is a hundred feet away, yeah, goes, Hey, what are you doing? Got him right in the forehead. <laughs> first, he first got, one. He got like, stung two more times before he decided to go back in the house. It's no joke. No joke. So it's why do you piss bees off, man? I, what do they do? I don't to you? know what it it's is the about pheromones. Me. They're very, they're very pheromone driven. They're just like dogs. You ever heard that? Dogs and yeah. beer. Yeah, 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 bees yeah. can smell fear. That's true. Um, so he's like, Hey, let me teach you how to do this. I'm like, cool. I got to learn. I mean, they're in my backyard. I got to figure this out. And you know, we get suited up and he's like, I'm like, so do I need a suit? And he goes, ah, I mean, not really, but I guess you could. And I'm like, yeah, I think I would like a suit. (laughs) And he's like, all right, cool. Like, we'll set you up. And he got me set up and we got out there and I swear to you, because uh, they could sense when you're nervous, and that mm. just that's that's bad. Yeah. I mean, they're if they get agitated, they feel that from you. It compounds, and then they started paying a lot of attention to me. Before you know it, my whole face was covered, and he's just over there like, "What's wrong? I don't know what's going on." <laughs> I mean, normally it's not just, like should this. I be able to see out of this? I'm thing? like, <laughs> exactly, hey, literally. Do you still have bees? 
No, no, no. Cause I, I moved broke up from there. I wasn't there. I wasn't, I moved from that where yeah. I was at. When I was how did, how did that, um, afternoon or whatnot how did it end like did it get better did they oh did no chill out i or? i got a little it got bit better more for relaxed. him because he went back in the house <laughs> yeah, I mean, but just to show i mean it's it's dirty it's hot it's i mean we're in south texas dude come on yeah, yeah. it's it's different type of work and it's become real popular right now. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to have a beehive in my backyard. I saw this one on Facebook. All they do is blah, 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 and I could just have one. But just to your point, right, they they don't. I mean, you, you can't put up a fence for them. And it, other hives will come, like swarm, right? Yeah, like, they'll rob them. If, yeah. there's a, if there's a stronger hive in the area and you've got a hive that's not doing so well, they will come in and rob everything out of there and kill all the other bees. They will take the pollen, the honey. They will take the brood out of there. They will kill it all. So what is, I mean, and this is, forgive my ignorance, about outside of memes, I don't really follow the different types of stinging, flying insects, right? right. I have learned as I've gotten older that um, there are certain bees, like the bumblebee and the honeybee, that they're pollinate that, that are very, and Please correct me if I'm not using the right terminology. Right. Um, but they're very important to our ecosystem. If bees went away, we go away, right. essentially. But then there are asshole bees, like uh, the African killer bee, um, things and like that. And that's our fault. That's okay. human's fault. Uh, the real assholes of the world are the wasps. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. Bees can be aggressive, but they're generally defensive of their hive. Wasps are assholes. Yeah. They stink for no reason. I was just about to ask but you. Anyway, I, I guess to your point, on a bee stinger, it's shaped like a fish hook. Uh -huh. So when it stings you, it pulls the stinger out of the bee. And I was and it will sit there, and you can actually watch it, watch the stinger, and it will yeah. sit there and pump. Yeah. It will pulse and pump that venom into your and arms. I've seen, I just recently, I, um, sorry about that. I, um get caught up in these YouTube documentaries and all this kind of stuff late at night. And I was watching one where this, this guy had this, um, this, what is it? Hypotenuse? I don't know. He had this theory that bees can remove if you give them enough time, just nobody sits there long enough. And so they'd start doing these circular motions, uh, yeah. and rotate and rotate and rotate. And eventually they'll rotate that stinger out and fly off. But most people either swat or they got to bounce like really quickly and they just rip it out. Most of the ones when I've seen them do that, if they were going around and around, they're pulling that stinger out of them as they, they're just trying to get away from Are them. they really? Okay. And they're just going around. They're still attached. It's like having a rope on something, you know. That's yeah. I, I was watching it like, who, this dude is a G. He's right. sitting there with a bee in his arm. He's like, oh yeah, you see it spinning around. And if we get it enough time, I'm like, bro. And there's and a it, bee in your arm. It depends on the type of bee, too, whether it's, uh, I mean, there's so many different types of bees out there. There are mm. more native bees than there are honeybees. Okay. So What's the difference? Well, explain that to me. The native bees, there are many different types of. Okay. To include mason bees, which build nests out of mud. There are bees that build nests out of sticks. The only difference is they don't produce honey and stuff in a quantifiable enough measure to make it where humans want to deal with it. Okay. They are very, but they are very important. They, they also don't fly like the Mason bee only covers about 300 yards. Hmm. Whereas a honeybee will go three to five miles looking for food. Wow. So they have a very specific area. 
And honeybees aren't native to North America. The Europeans brought them with them. Okay. So, you know, we're managing, trying to manage a species that's not native to this country to begin with and wondering what our problem, what part of, that's part of our problem, I think. Uh, but don't quote me on that because I'm just a beekeeper. We're quoting you on it. <laughs> we're going to, you heard it now. <laughs> the, uh, we, I, you know, when we had a call one time, um, it, for your background, I used to be in law enforcement. We had a call where these bees, African honeybees, or not honeybees, but uh, killer bees, got all kinds of pissed off and attacked um, this gal. She was in the pool, and they just swarmed her, and oh, she yeah. kept diving under the water. And, was, and every time she would surface, they'd come just, at her. Yeah, yeah. There's no getting out of it. And when they were tired of dealing with her, they went around and they killed her two horses. They stung both horses to death, yeah. and they just swarmed and they took Those off. Those are definitely went, African. Yeah, they were mad, and they they took off, and they went to, um, and I don't think they had a hive. I don't know. We called it the removal person or whatever, but they went to a local business and balled up, and then we're sitting on a pillar in this gigantic, yeah. furious, angry ball. Somebody would come get them. Yeah. Or you had, and I've, I've answered calls for SAPD and, S, and the fire department, city of Wincrest, uh, city of Fredericksburg, city of San Antonio. Water meters are real popular for the bees, too. Huh. Uh, but back to what you said about the African honeybees. Mm -hmm. Back during the 80s, there was a study being done in South America. They had Africanized bees that they were mixing with the European bees. Okay. The Africanized bees are much more aggressive. They maintain smaller colonies, but they're also better honey producers. The European bees are much easier to deal with. They have a better uh, mentality to work with. Mm -hmm. Very gentle. But they're not quite as good a uh, honey producers. Yeah. So they were trying to mix them. And I want to say a hurricane or a typhoon, something came in, and a bunch of the queens, the African queens, got loose from the facility. And they just started making their way up through South America. Back during the 80s is also the time you saw when a lot of the grandfathers and uncles and people like that who had been doing it for years. Mm -hmm started getting out of beekeeping because their bees started turning on them. South Af that, that blood from South America, those Africanized bees, started mixing in with the local hives. Up until that point, most people didn't even wear you know, equipment when they worked sure. with bees a lot of times. Hmm. They'd just go out there, and it wasn't that big of an issue. And the only way to tell the difference between the Africanized bees and the regular bee is just their aggressiveness. I mean, if you can't you can't tell by looking at them. Because hmm. <clears throat> I've got black bees, I've got yellow bees, sure. and I've got bees every color in between. So, so you can't just tell by looking at them. It's somewhat on topic. Do bees? I mean, just in the uh, in in the, in the in the pyramid of the animal culture, what natural enemies do bees have? Bears, raccoons, foxes, anything. That really, likes anything I did not know sweet. this. Okay, bears, I can see. Yeah. You know, just from old school cartoons. Honey badgers. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 like Honey badgers. Yogi, Yogi Bear yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you said raccoons and foxes. Raccoons, foxes, possums. Mice live in the hives with them. Really? Yeah, they'll eat the comb and stuff. But they'll in the winter. Are, are they immune to it? Or can they can they fight it off? Or like It, it, it depends on your bees. Because I've got one guy I know. He runs primarily, primarily uh, very aggressive slash Africanized hives. Sure. Uh, but he does it in South Texas out on these ranches. But he doesn't even worry about his bees. He'll find rattlesnakes in the bottom of them. 
Hmm. Really? The, the snakes will get up in there because it's warmer inside the hive. So they'll slide up in there too. It's going to be a lot of energy. Of course. Get out of here. Warm, yeah. For me in the summertime, a lot of the hives, when I open them up, there's scorpions on the top of them. Rattlesnakes laying under them. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. Because it'll be it's 120 in Texas. Rattlesnakes find shade underneath sure. the. Hives, they'll lay up under there. I, so, I would never think rodents, like you said, possums, raccoons, etc. I, I would, I would have never thought that. The, a rot. Let me get a drink. I keep most of my hives eighteen to twenty inches off the ground. Okay. And the reason for that, the reason I put them on stands like that, is because if raccoons or uh, skunks come out and they're trying to get to the hives, yeah, it exposes their bellies. Yeah. So then the bees can take care of them. But I've gone out to my hives many a time. You see little muddy footprints around the sides of them or around the or on the front landing where the bees come in. Skunks will sit there and they'll scratch at the front of the hive. And as the bees walk out to see what's going on, they'll snatch them up one at a time. I will say yeah. this. Again, I always I know I always often say this on the subject off the subject, but uh when I was in the Marine Corps, we're in SOI. Uh, you know, School of Infantry in Southern California. You know, we got a little schooling before we went out in the field. You know, we didn't shower for 30 days. But the difference between uh, bees, wasps, and hornets, I tell you what, the most frightening point in my life, and I am not, I am not shitting anyone, a uh, hornet's wasp or hornet's hive. My Absolutely. goodness. I'm talking the size of, like, a bowling ball times one or two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I've Mexican always said like that. Oh man, it's like I would rather fight a Chewbacca, a bear. <laughs> I know where one big thing is. You cannot fight thousands or hundreds of Africanized bees, wasps, hornets. We'll see like anything the, that's angry on that. The level. thing about the bees is when they've got that fish hook, so when they sting you, they're gonna die. Those wasps, they're going to sting you as many times as they and want because their stinger's shaped like a syringe. It's they just, smooth. Yep. They so just, it's just going to hit over, you and hit you and hit over. you. No. So what is the difference between a wasp and a hornet? Is Are they they're, two in They're both ass. Are they like, like leopard? I'm a bee guy, is it, man. Is it like a leopard and a panther? I'm a bee guy, not an insect guy. <laughs> but okay, I, but I, I mean, bees. it's in the, because I know a leopard, some leopards are panthers, but not all panthers are leopards or something like that when it comes to animal kingdom. Well, is bees it, are not wasps and wasps are not bees. So. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so, enough. at what point? Okay, so you're telling me that you went from a hobby to a profession of I want these things that could sting me and cause me pain that also attract rattlesnakes and scorpions. How did you even come across this hobby? Like, how did it start? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd never sat in my room and thought, I want to fuck with a bunch of bees today. I did it just to see if I could do it. How'd you hear about it? You... I knew about beekeeping yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I, I my grandfather had bees when I was a kid, uh, but you know, I'd never kept any or never had any or been around like a big operation that had them. He had like two hives off in the back of the field out there. That we were never nobody ever really messed with, and it was just one of those things that I was like, "Huh, that sounds interesting. Let me see if I can do that." So I started doing it and. As I started doing, and that was back before a lot of people started doing it. Um, 
and I was doing it for free. So a lot of times I found myself in situations I might not have necessarily been ready for as a remover, uh, but I muddled through it and, you know, learned from everything I did. And every time I did another one, I got better at it. And, and until finally, I just had, you know, everybody's like, look, we get it. We don't need any more honey. You know, we know you got bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. We appreciate what you're doing. You know, friend and family can only take so much honey. Mm. then you got to sell it to start paying for your gas or your tools and or the equipment you're buying to put those bees in you know after a while you got so many hives out there you're like you gotta do something with this yeah and most days like this year christmas morning i was out playing with the bees i was feeding bees Hmm. and that that's where my happy spot was just go out there feed my bees listen to them hum and just get in the zone and just Huh. Much, much better than people. <laughs> therapeutic, right? Yes, very much more therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. You had a question? Imagine. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, <clears throat> kind of about halfway here. I wanted to, what are the outlets? Like, how can people get a hold of you? What You're at the market. Are there another points of distribution that you want people to know about? Uh, my Well, I don't sell online simply because honey is heavy. Uh I did mail a product to a friend one time, and it was a it was a two pound bottle of honey. The product cost fifteen dollars, but the shipping cost fifteen dollars. Yeah. So it really doesn't pay to ship, but they can catch me anytime or on the weekends at the Pearl. Uh, I've got some outlets in uh, Fredericksburg, Fresh Pickens Grocery Store by the Stagecoach on two ninety. Um, Fredericksburg Pecan Company carries my product. Berg's Corner and Stonewall carries my product. Hill Country Lavender, uh, as well as the Vintage Cottage in Blanco. Uh, As far as San Antonio goes, I'm looking to start wholesaling uh, here in San Antonio here in the new year. I just don't have any outlets yet. Okay. But if they want to check out my website, it's www.com. Popshoneypot.com. You can find us on Facebook at Local Pops Honey. Um, and my phone number is 210-535-7043. But if you have real bee questions, text them to me. Don't, don't call me. I'm usually in a bee suit. I'm not going to answer the phone when I'm in a bee yard or when I'm driving. And if I'm not in a bee yard, I'm probably driving to one or from one. Yeah. So... So how many, I mean, what are the units of measurements for on the, let's dive into the business side of things. If I were to say I sold X amount this month, what's the units of units of measurements Are the jars and how much is in a jar? Honey is, and one of the things that people need to understand is honey is sold by weight. Okay. It's not sold in fluid ounces. Okay. So honey is also denser than water. A Mm. gallon of honey weighs 12 pounds. A gallon of water weighs eight. Interesting. So when you're looking at buying honey, it's being sold by the weight. So a pound of honey takes up much less room than 16 fluid ounces of, say, Cairo syrup or something like that. Okay. So you have to know your product. Most of the time, uh, as far as sales go, you'd, you'd do by the pound. You know, uh, how many, a how pound many, a month or a pound a... Oh, no. I go through hundreds of pounds a week. Wow. And so, how, so here's the fun part. How many colonies and how much time 
per those colonies does it take to make a pound? It it's a full time job, right? And there's a couple of hundred of them. Okay, a couple of hundred colonies. Yes. And I store the honey in barrels in fifty gallon drums. Wow. So I go through about six hundred pounds every month. Wow. Wow. In the so summer, you're 150 pounds a week. I, in the summertime, when the whole big brains on bread. That's like, math. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a, you're I'm like a, that's basic math. I'm a nerd. Well, during the, during the summer, <laughs> the uh, the accounts up in the Fredericksburg area are, are seasonal. Yeah. So in the in the summer, when those accounts really kick in, I'm doing about two barrels a month in sales. So about 1,200 pounds. And you consider yourself still a small time? Oh, I'm you, nobody. You're a nobody. I'm nobody. Do you want to be a somebody? No. You don't want to get you don't want to get a, like a major no. HEB deal where no, you're no, pushing no, in no. every store. Once you're in HEB, you're not the local little guy. Right. You're the guy in the grocery store. And anybody who's watched Rotten on Netflix tries to stay away from the grocery store guy. Okay. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, there's a series on Netflix called Rotten, and it deals with the food industry and the supply chain. I want to say season one, episode one is called. Lawyers, Guns, and Honey. And it's about the honey business uh, from little guys on up to the big guys. Mm. The ones who are moving thousands of hives at a time. Uh, in fact, almonds are getting ready to bloom probably in another month or in another couple of weeks. So you'll see truckloads of bees going from here to California mm. within the next weeks. If they're not already there and stuck in cold storage waiting to be taken out. So. So are bees? Are bees? Bees are still in trouble, right? They're oh, yeah. like an endangered species, right? Yeah. Uh, including me, everybody I know that I've talked to or has talked to anybody else has had forty to fifty percent losses. That's and that's getting to be about the industry norm. It used to be much less than that, twenty to thirty, but I mean, what's causing loss? Just people we don't killing know. them, or we don't know. Huh. I've heard stories of guys out in California putting their hives in a cold storage. You know, you're talking thousands of hives in a warehouse, and they're keeping them cold just so they stay dormant. When they take them out to put them in the almond fields, there was one one guy I'd heard of had lost seventy percent of them. What can be done to slow down that degradation? Every major university in the United States has a bee program. There's millions of dollars being spent on research and. Yeah, it's and that, yeah, that, that's and, where and that's where we're at right now. I think it's a it's so, a, wow. Now, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna, I think it's partially miseducation. People don't like pain, shocking, and they associate bees with their with any other flying stinging insect. They just don't like them. You know, it, it took me years to get past that. Well, the the reason I started doing bee removals for free. And I offered it to the cities and water companies and all that kind of stuff for free is because city entities and municipalities have the ability to just go out there and kill them and not even think twice about it. Mm -hmm. But if I can save them and move them, then that's one more they're not going to kill mm -hmm. because we're losing 40 to 50% in the wild. Also, all these new subdivisions that go in and they just clear the land off. All those trees that were big enough to have beehives in them or that did have hives in them are going in that shredder just like all the little ones. So all the wild trees are being taken out to make room for subdivisions. And there's no way the bees can recover from that hmm. because now there's nothing left to populate. 
So they're and the reason the app to kind of go back to your Africanized story and explain to people why you're not going to get away from Africanized bees in South Texas. Africanized bees split eight times a year or up to eight times right. a year. So they make new hives faster than any other bee out there. So they're going to be out there. You can bring the gentlest hives in or the gentlest queens in from Hawaii, Eastern United States, whatever you want to do, put them in your hives. Within six months, your hives are going to be just be, as mean as they were before. Be aggressive. It's just, it, we're just that kind of country. I mean, hell, it's Texas. The it's, flowers want to kill you. <laughs> you know? That's true. You know what I learned today? Completely off topic. If we were a nation, we would be the sixth largest oil producer in yeah. the world. And we have the largest, we would have the largest military. Yeah. We would have, we would have a larger military than the United States. Hmm. No, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> when you go overseas, no, 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 it's, no, it's, it's true. <laughs> um, I've, I've been to Europe a few times and it's like, when you go there, uh, they use Texas as an adjective for crazy. Yeah. I, I'm no, not they, mad they, at they, that. I'm, I like I'm not that, exaggerating. Like, like hey, hey, yo, mate, hey, that party last night was Texas. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Oh, yeah, Texas. Like, no, that's where I'm from. Yeah. Like, oh, you're from Texas? Oh, you know crazy. I'm like, you use Texas as an adjective for crazy? Like, oh, because everyone, everything in Texas is crazy. Absolutely. And I, I said, mean, I can't that. disagree with that. Yeah. You've oh, heard... Logan, don't date her. That lady's crazy. That lady is Texas. <laughs> Isn't it like there's more tigers in Texas than there are? There, in, there like, are in the wild. Yeah. Because yeah. we have like, we have huge ranches, crazy people with crazy money, and they just bite whatever they want out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what, I mean, going back on the, the topic of bees and honey production and how- And if I get off topic, just let me know. Uh, no, 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 we, no, we get a perfect topic, podcast so. for ADD. I mean, okay, ADHD. we talk about any and everything. If, you, if you're like, hey guys, I'm done with the bees. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about something else. We're good with that too. Right? I, Whatever, I, man. And I think we're about to segue into something happy. else here sooner or later. <laughs> but what, what can be done? I mean, what can be done to, to mitigate, to- even put a Band-Aid on this because they are essential and not just to honey production, but just to fruit and vegetable production. Like what, what's in our markets, what's in our HEVs, what's in our farmer's market, what, what can be done in your opinion? In my opinion, there's, there's gotta be a lot of things. Part of the problem is you've got all these researchers and all these people who are actually doing the work and, and running bees and stuff telling you that you need to uh, you know, take care of the mite problem. You've got to treat them with this chemical or treat them with that chemical. And for the most part, that the chemical deal is kind of working. But then you've got all, and I don't want to say all of them, but then you've got certain hobbyists or certain naturalists that don't want to do anything. They think the, bee, they should, the bees should be left alone to be, you know, they should do their own wild thing. Okay, but if my bees are coming into contact with your bees, your bees are spreading your diseases to my bees. Mm -hmm. and, the, and there's no way to stop that with the way bees intermingle. Um, so I think it, on the hobbyist side of things, a lot more education is needed for the hobbyists. There you go. Because one of my pet peeves, and I've had people do this to me, and it's, and it's one of the most irritating things I've ever come across. 
I don't know if it's because bees are an insect or people just don't regard them because they're always around, but people will take absolutely no education and say they're going to raise bees. Yeah, they do it with uh, kids too. Yeah. I've had people show up at my shop and buy, you know, a product or whatever. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I want to see if you can help me with this uh, beehive. I, you know, I've already ordered my bees and stuff, and I bought the equipment. I'm not real sure how it goes together or anything, and want to just see if you can help me put it together. I don't even know if I got all the right. So I helped them. I put it. I'm like, so when are your bees coming? Oh, they'll be here Saturday. It was in two days. They hadn't set the equipment up yet. They didn't even know if they had the right equipment. They didn't have any personal protective equipment. All they had was that wooden box. And they were going to go pick up a hive of bees in two days to put in that box. Hmm. And they had, when I asked them about where they were going to put them, oh, we hadn't picked out a spot yet. But anybody in their right mind to even go down and adopt a dog Right. I was going to know what kind of dog that. they just want. About to say that. They're yep. going to know what kind of food that dog exactly. needs. Exactly. Whether they need training pads or water bowls. They're going to have so much information on dogs. They're going to be sick of it. But they won't pick up a book or, or get, a, get on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And even look so at a video. What do you think that is that a. Is that a commitment to ignorance or is it just they get caught up in the I think the people, financial gain or what what is it? I think, hot right I think now, people right? think that it's so easy. Yeah. And it's financially, it's one of those things that as a hobbyist to get into, it's right there on that edge. You can get into it without too much investment, but to stay in it, it may cost. You know, and that was kind of was mentioning it earlier, and I had to stop and mention that because People were just like, oh, yeah, I can read BCs. Dude, no, no, you can't. You you might be one of those people like me who give off that pheromone that's just, no, just you're just not going to work. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, I tried a couple of the times, but what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, absolutely. It's not for it's, everybody. It's like everything else, you know? I, there's, just, a, there's a lot to go into it. And if you're looking on the screen right now, yeah. he – Look at that's like your one of the setups where you go and you do a lot of teaching. I mean, education, yeah. Alan, we I haven't think even that gotten one into may have been at the Blanco FFA. They I don't know if they still do it, but in October they did. They were doing a fundraiser and they had different vendors and stuff in there like the uh, master gardeners and, you know, the uh, the water rainwater collection people and stuff like that. And I had a booth set up there at the high school. And that's some of my products. There's the honey sticks, the honey. That's a uh, observation hive there on the left with live bees. In. So going on the part of uh, education and like, obviously I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd. So since, since you brought it up, have you been to mm -hmm. science fairs or high schools or done any presentations, career days? I don't even know. I've done presentations for, I mean, what was, homeschoolers. Okay. I've done homeschoolers. I've done high schoolers. I've it's, done. And, um, and so, say we do have a young man or woman listen to this podcast, and say they're 14, 15, 16 years old, and they really have a likening to this. What would they, what route would they go educationally, be it a university, a trade school? Uh, what, what, what guidance would you give them from education? First, I would say to look at their, look to their local uh, association. Yeah. 
Here in San Antonio, it's going to be the Alamo Area Beekeepers Association. Okay. In the Fredericksburg area, it's going to be the Hill Country Beekeepers Association. Kerrville, I believe they have a separate uh, have a separate association as well. <clears throat> but get with your association, like the uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because this is this is great for that. Yeah. Um, the Alamo Area Beekeepers Association, they have a booth at the rodeo every year. Oh, which is coming up. Which is and coming up. Shoot, in about a they, month. Ha- they sell yeah. their honey at the rodeo. Okay. The proceeds from that honey goes to support their uh, scholarship program. What they have is a scholarship program for kids 8 to 18. Nice. You write a letter, tell them why you want to be a beekeeper, what you want to get out of it, that kind of thing. And and they have more, more of the guidelines there at the association. Um. And if you're picked, they supply everything. They give what you the bees, everything? the hive. Okay. And you've got an entire association of mentors to pick from or to use. So I would suggest that if somebody is young and that's what they want to do, then they need to start there. They need to start with two hives, not one. You need two. And the reason for that is if you have one hive, and there's something going wrong with it, but you're a newbie and you don't even know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to tell that that hive's going downhill. And it's, you're not going to be able to correct that problem. I liked it. Assuming they go to, there's so many, there's dozens of different, different types of uh, uh, formal education. Assuming they were to go a traditional route to go to UT, Texas State, TOU, I'd whatever. I'd suggest a and if you're going to okay. go with animal but, husbandry, uh, go with AM. But what, what I was going to say is, say they don't get accepted AM, what this, what, what degree should they specialize in? That was my question, in your opinion. Uh, I would suggest animal husbandry in general. Oh, okay. Right. Because it's going to be, and I try to explain this to people, and most of the time I use like ranch analogies, because that's basically what cattle farmers get it. Because they know you just have to let them go and do their thing. (laughs) And you may have 100 head tomorrow, but if we get a bad storm tonight, you may have 95 tomorrow. Or, you know, a day after. Right, right, right. So, and and they kind of understand the concept of having to have the equipment and all that. Because once you get one box full of honey, a deep box is going to weigh about 80 pounds by itself. So if you've got two deep boxes, one of them's full of honey and one of them's full of bees, you're looking at 160 pounds that you're trying to move just for one hive. Uh, so if you get 10, 15, 20 of those, you need a young back for that. Yeah. Or lots of equipment. So animal husbandry. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So with the um, kind of changing gears a little bit. Um... Oh, I want to get back to something on the uh, the health of the bees. Okay. Oh, yeah. The health sure. of the bees, where we started down that path. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, on YouTube, there's a gentleman by the name of Paul Stamets. Uh-huh. And Paul Stamets is a very big, uh, and I don't want to say it wrong, but I'm a mycology guy, mushrooms. Okay. He's got all, he's been collecting mushrooms since he was a little kid. Uh-huh. He's got all, all the different kinds. Paul is one of those guys. Uh, he's, very interesting to listen to. Are we, we talking portobello or cyclosporin? Like, well, here we, <laughs> or here, all here, kinds. here we go. Yeah. Uh, Paul is so big in the, in the mushroom industry 
that after 9-11, they came to him to find out about weaponizing mushrooms. Because he has such a wide collection of everything, they wanted to see what could be done with different mushrooms for different diseases and different things. Wow. And let's say, let's say you've got a mushroom that is the antidote for smallpox, and you weaponize smallpox. Well, now you've got the cure for it. Interesting. So you could yeah, go in that's and chemical do, warfare. That's chemical, but you're using the mushrooms as the antidote for it. Huh. So, wow. Anyway, so along with all this research that Paul's done, they've identified several different things that the mushrooms work for. One of the things that he found in his own garden one day was that the bees he kept were going to his mushroom pit. And they were just eating the mycelium of the mushroom, just the white fuzzy part. Right. Mm -hmm. There weren't any mushrooms poking out. And over the course of the next several days, they took that down several pounds. So Paul started looking at mushrooms for bees and why were the bees doing this? Through their research, I believe they found four different mushrooms that cure four different diseases in bees. Hmm. And they have finally managed to get it I want to say tweaked. I want to say he finally got the patent on it. Do they know how much of which mushroom to mix in the con the compote that they're giving them? Sure. To to cure it. And what they've been able to do with this is bees live an average of 60 days. Okay. There's takes them 20 days to hatch. They work in the hive for 20 days, and then they fly till they die. So the average lifespan of the worker bee flying around on the outside of the hive was, with the research they did, I want to say nine to ten days. So they were getting nine to ten days of work out of the bees. Once they found these mushroom components and started feeding those to the bees, they were getting nine to ten days more out of the same bees. So now you're getting 20 days worth of work out of the same bee. And you've got a healthier hive. And you're not having to re the bees aren't having to relearn everything every time they leave the hive. More efficient. Because you've like got twice. the old they're able to follow bees that already know where they're going. Is there is there a link that proves that there's something within the genetic composition of a bee that kind of matches a human to make them want to research the benefits of curing things with it? Well, here, well, or you know, do you know? They've, they've been doing, the bees have been working on it for hundreds of years. Okay. But one of the, one of the things that they may say where the connect mm -hmm. may be is that these, the bees are primarily an old growth forest, but we're losing the old growth forest. Well, inside of the tree, a lot of these mushrooms grow on those old growth forest trees. Mm -hmm. So, they're not sure if the bees are actually farming the mycelium inside of the hives, inside of those old trees, you know, like ants do, or if they're flying around and finding the mushrooms as they need them. As you know, having this little self-realization, talking to somebody like you who has this passion for bees, right? And I'm in a reflecting and I'm like, wow, so I enjoy technology and I enjoy my cars and my roads and my big cities. And I'm realizing that I'm killing off bees because I'm tearing down forests and old growth and what they eat. And I'm also swatting them when they get around me. And I'm a terrible human being. And it took, uh, took a, 
That's okay. okay. There's lots of terrible uh, human beings. You know, at least and I can own it though. At least no. I mean, it's it's kind of what I why I asked the or I brought up about hornets and wasps. It's like uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. Growing up, I was terrified of bees. But then, as like you know, boys the man, I got more and at least slightly more educated. There you go. There you go. Boom. But uh, I I slowly learned the difference between a bee, a wasp, and a hornet. And you know, it was probably my mid early mid twenties. I really got educated on how how pivotal bees are, and so. That's where, uh, you know, to, that's why I love TJ's story. Uh, uh, PJ's story, TJ. You know, we always say that. Uh, PJ's story is Just about... Just other TJ. Yeah. Um, yeah I get that. Is, and I've known him for 20 plus years. He knows what I was But the thing is, <laughs> as, a, as a child, I was really frightened. I guess that's my point. And I felt that they, they really aggressed me. But then once I... That's why I asked about the education standpoint. Yeah. In my mid early twenties, I was like, "Man, these these insects are beautiful. They they really what a lot of they, people don't realize is when bees are out foraging like that. Yeah, they're not. They don't want to sting you. No, that they, kills they, them. there's they're a looking purpose. For food to there's take a back. purpose. So a there's lot of times, purpose. if you'll just exactly. push push them away, and if you'll just redirect a bee, yeah. she'll go on. Yes, because she's not going to fight you for something that she can go somewhere else. You are one hundred percent right. And it's at a family reunion when I was about twenty four years old. And my uncle's date was a beekeeper. And this is back in like 2003, 2004. And so she's like, no, just, just to your point. She was like, just kind of just stay calm. Stay calm about it. Yeah. Push them away. And sure enough, you know, within minutes, you know, just kind of, it just, just kind of floated away. Like, Hey, don't mind. Me. Uh, hey, do you have, do you have that video? I learned it. I learned it. You don't have that video? Which one? We can <laughs> you know which one. You know which one I'm talking about. Go to my go to my Facebook page. But anyway, uh, while while PJ's looking that up, but just the uh, the education behind it is is a, just just like most things in life, we're scared of what we don't know. Oh yeah. You know. I don't understand no, no matter, it. Kill it. No matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's it has a stinger. That's all I know. It's what I knew from kindergarten. Yeah. Ah, swat it away. Kill it. But it's where and, and trust me, everybody kills bees. I've killed hundreds of bees well, sure. on accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used you to. Know, it happens. I, I used to like to try to target, like work on my hand speed and my targeting with my punches. If I had a flying insect around, I try to punch him in the midair. And I, Muhammad Ali, I'm trying float, to float like a butterfly. Just trying to man. You're supposed to catch <laughs> it. Right. Is it in my photos? But I punched uh, one. It wasn't a bee. I punched a hornet one time, and I punched it right in the butt, and it stung me. And oh, I was yeah. like, I'm not doing this again. And it was mad at me after that. Oh, go back up. Back up. All the way. All the way up. Yeah. All the way up. Keep going. Keep going. Keep Photos. going. Photos. Video. See if it's on the video. That's trippy in itself. All the little colors. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I think it's it's one of those down there, PJ. On the right? The bottom right. That's a swarm removal I did. They were hanging in a tree bus beside a playground. Hmm. This internet kind of kicks in. Oh, wow. we didn't we didn't pay our bill, so we're we're borrowing it from the church. 
church nearby, right? <laughs> and they, they're all just swarming around that box. I think mom's already walked up in there. They all, because it was covered with that. Huh. I think it was one of the videos after this. You guys, you, when you hear that, and it's so close to you, it's super That's That's the yeah. other thing that people don't realize is oh, they wow. think they're going to be dealing with one or two bees. No, it's not when you're standing there and there's 150 bees on your face that want to all sting you in the face, it makes you get your attitude right. Yeah, I'm out on that, man. Oh, wow. one of the, you are, I think the only time in my life I've been, <laughs> I've been around that many bees. I don't bees. know what that is. Uh, this was... PJ. I think it's far right, bottom right, bottom right. This was uh, Dallas yeah. Fort Worth area. Get it? Oh, that one! Yeah. Oh my God! That <laughs> just came out of your ear. Did you just film it? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that and people say beekeeping's easy. <laughs> I remember the same weekend I went to a. Uh... Oh my God. Sorry. So that was. Hey, uh, so uh, was, well, me, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Point real quick. It was the same weekend I was in Dallas Fort Worth. There, this is over a decade ago. Same weekend, it just happened to be back to back days. Went to a B ranch, then I went to TMS Texas Motor Speedway. Right. The very next day, I cannot tell you the irony and how similar they sounded. Like <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like a swarm of bees. Yeah. And you know I'm not a NASCAR. I'm, I'm a I'm a football, basketball, right. baseball dude. Like I don't I don't I don't know damn about NASCAR. But and I as as I was getting educated on bees and just being around hundreds, thousands of bees, you would hear that constant. And depending on how close you were, and the very next day, I'm at TMS and Jeff Gordon's racing. It's just like. And as and as a beekeeper, you can tell the dip. You can hear the hum change. Yeah, and you know when to leave them alone. You know when to leave them alone. You can you can hear the language. You'll hear the whole hive change their tune. Yeah, and you know. So so this video, guys, if if you're not able to check us out and watch us on YouTube or any other platform, um, and if you want to find links, you can always go to thehustlershuddle.com. I'll put it on there. Good starting point. But this video, for those that can't watch it, a Fucking bee came out of his ear. Yeah. His from inside the canal. She but, got she got hung in my hair and I was waiting for her to try to get out. Uh-huh. But I didn't plug my ear. So, and so she just went so into she the colony. In, she crawled into my ear and she kept going. And I was I thought she'd back out. Well then she I started getting concerned because she was so far down in there. I started trying to smash her and kill her. I thought we'd just take the tweezers and get the stinger out or something. But she was so far in there, all I was doing was pissing her off when I would push on it. I could hear her tone change. She would get So I finally just quit. And I just stood there. BJ filmed it. She walked out, walked up the side of my head and flew off. This is literally after one of the times. It snuck into his suit, so it happens. And, yeah, uh, I filmed this. And this was... My second, oh, you third this. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I, dude, I told you. And I, I wish I had the other videos. But anyway, we, we filmed a couple of those videos. And it was incredible, man. But, yeah, that's... Did you just film Yeah. That is your voice. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's one of those things. You just have to stay calm and let it run its, run its course. Just, she'll walk out. 
Wow. <laughs> that. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's I the PJ. That is, yeah. That is, that is, that is, wow. Tripped out. Get out of here, um, man. <laughs> so what's? Yeah. Uh, All right. So where were we going after that? Where, wherever you want to go. I mean, <laughs> you just, I mean, where do you go after we witnessed the video? You just had a bee crawl out of your ear. Bee flying out of a grown man's. There's a lot of manly things I've seen in my life, but somebody that had a bee, and not only that. It crawled out of his ear and walked up to his eye, and he's like, "Did you get it? Is it is it cool?" I'd be like, "Slap it!" And he's like, "Ah!" And it's like crawling over his pupil and stuff. And uh, you're 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 Texas, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are Texas. <laughs> and ever since the war. you are from here, we covered that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm from up around Wichita Falls. All right. Little town right. in the middle. Wichita. Oh, Shout yeah. out Wichita Falls. Oh, Wichita. Absolutely. He worked for Jacksboro PD for about nine months, and we took our mental people up oh. to Wichita Falls. Dang. I'm from Seymour. Okay. Since, since you know the area. Yeah. 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 Yep. The Bend. The Bend, right? It's uh, good times up there, man. A lot of You talk about Texas. A lot of crazies. A lot of crazies. A lot of, crazies a lot of fun story about a crazy guy. I had a dude call 911 because... Uh, he wanted us to find the guy that shot him in the face because he was going to whoop his ass. Chris Cunningham, if you're still nice. alive, that dude was hard. He's Chris, like, <laughs> he's coming after you, dude. Do you know where uh, – I was going to say Dario Davis. That's not it, the name. It was uh, Darren Green. Do you know where Darren Green is? That mother shot me in the face, and I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> we're like, wait, what? <laughs> what did he shoot you with? That's spot, A pistol, like – Blew his jaw out, part of his ear. Oh, yeah. Hit him right in the base of it, blew the back of it and the jaw. I mean, it's, he's lucky he didn't go through the back of the brain or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so we get it. He had a, he had a shirt tied oh, yeah. around his hand. And oh, this yeah. was, he's walking around. He's like, Do you, did you find him? I'm like, Oh my God, get an ambulance. This is serious. <laughs> this is Texas. insanity. Is 100% Texas. Oh, my right goodness. There. Guy got shot Texas. in the face and he's like, I'm gonna go find him and beat his ass. Yeah, that's all he cared about. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do you need some gods? Let me ask you this. Rub some dirt on it. Um, We heard the backstory about how you got into beekeeping. Do you have beekeeping friends or people that are similar to you, be it veteran or not. No, I mean, I'm serious. No, because it's like birds of a feather flock together. You know what I mean? It's like people that like to go to shooting ranges, shooting ranges, yeah, that's, play basketball. I've got to say, that's I mean, an it's odd a, That's what the association is for. Okay, yeah. okay, And there's, okay. there's hundreds of people. Or okay. a couple hundred people there at the association. Right, right. Yeah, and there, there's people everywhere there from the guy who wants to get bees but doesn't know what he's doing but wants to ask the questions first Right. to guys who run commercial law. Gotcha. Uh, like uh, the gentleman who lets us use his place to bottle the honey right. for the association. His name's Todd Youngblood out in Pearsall. Right. Now, Todd runs a bigger operation. Right. So he's got the facilities that he can allow the, the association to do something. Well, with. I guess kind of like what I was also going to get to, like being a, being a veteran. And again, thank you for your service, being a career. Another veteran. veteran that does this? No. I have. That's what I was going to get to. far between. Really? Okay. Even finding veteran farmers is Really? Okay. There's yeah, a well, lot of programs out there for veterans who want to go into farming just because there's just not that many. Do you, do you really? have okay. a theory as to why? It's hard fucking work. 
True that, but I don't. Th- yeah. I've never known a veteran to shy away from exactly, hard work. Exactly, because I I didn't know. If and there you're was... you're right. They're not going to shy away from hard work, but there's no money in the hard work. Fair enough. That's true. Right. Here, to to give you an example, a... to give you an example, when Texas said they're going to legalize hemp and let people grow it, yeah. One of the biggest producers in the valley converted half his greenhouses right off the dot for hemp production because he they themselves said. There is no money in vegetable production in the United States. It's a, it's a, we did, did a market forecast this morning. It's a farming is a dying industry right now. It's wow. truly is a, showing negative yields in our economy right now. And I've, I've seen it at the farmer's market to where when people's kids get old enough that they leave and go off to college or whatever, mm-hmm. it is very hard to find decent working help at a decent price that will keep coming back to do that kind of work. And after the kids leave home, a lot of the farmers just, they, they can't do it all, all by and themselves. And you said anymore. decent. You didn't even say good. You no, just said I'm, just saying, I'm just saying decent enough to send your kids to college. Which is, it's wow. an interesting talking point too, especially with the climate of raising minimum wage and so forth. And we've talked about in the past, you know, you, you slap somebody on a grill and nothing, nothing against any job, I should say, right? I respect any hustle. But if you put entry level positions at a higher dollar amount. And then you look at the paramedics who are making that right now, the city's not going to raise that money right. and the farmers aren't going to make more just because no. an entry level position got its minimum wage raised. So, and I know, we- and I know everybody loves HEB and they're great for this community and they do buy a lot from local farmers and stuff. Well, look in the off seasons, you know, local produce is available seasonally. Unless mm-hmm. it's being grown in a greenhouse, mm-hmm. you are not going to find Fredericksburg peaches in November. Okay, you're not going to find any locally grown peaches. Everything that's going to be like that is either coming out of Mexico, sure. Argentina. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's sitting on a boat. A lot of the produce sits on boats, you know, or it's being shipped for weeks at a time, if not several days. So a lot of times the stuff you're getting at the farmer's market is fresher, it's better for you, but it's going to cost you more money. Hmm. And a lot of people see that and they go, well, I can go to HEB and get the same thing for half of that. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not getting the same thing. But at the same time, it's... And no bag on HEB. I love them to death. It's just... HEB, you know, and you're you're 100% correct, but it's... uh, I'm not a health nut by any means. I, I love my burgers. I love them etc. But one of the best quotes I heard years back was the best food that we can eat for us has no labels. Yeah. You know, and so if you can get it, you know, not out of a box and not from a commercialized store and you're helping that small businessman, that that small business right. family, that dollar is going to go a lot further. Oh, as much yeah. as we love yeah. H-E-B than, than uh, helping out a small business. Yeah. It's a healthy medium between the two, you know what I mean? For Absolutely. sure. Um, what is, I found interesting when talking about HEB, they're, they're masters at stocking their, their own product. They, well, not, yes, that, but they stock what sells. I, yeah. I don't right. see other grocery stores doing that. If I go into a Kroger and Albertsons and those that have only lived in San Antonio, still have like, what is that? <laughs> but it's popular up in Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where I came from. And 
you go into a Kroger, it doesn't matter what Kroger I go into, it's the same aisle on the same store in the same product. And it's just, HEB is like, nah, this sells here. So you can go to Deerfield area yeah. or or look at Stone Oak or even go down South Side or East Side. And you're going to have different product on the shelf based right. on what it sells. Yeah. This is kind of cool and kind of annoying when yeah. you get used to your store. Yeah. And then and, you go into another one, you're like, wait a minute, it's supposed to be right here. Yeah. Right. They, yeah. they, they, they got the zip codes down. <laughs> so what is your opinion on him? Since we hit on that a little bit. On him? Um, I don't see a problem with it. I, it's been used since the Bible times. Absolutely. I mean, it was a medicinal herb in the Bible. It's been used by shamans. It's been used by... If you need clinical trials, they've been done for thousands of years by guys who didn't write shit down. Preach. <laughs> okay, but they're still alive and they're still... You know, they made it. And they kept their people alive. You know, and they used it as a medicinal herb. As far as hemp for bees goes i think it's a great product hemp is one of those uh rare it's like a unicorn plant for bees hemp comes off late in the summertime and it's very drought tolerant so it does much better in the texas heat so later in the summer when there's no blooms out there and there's you know the flowers are all dead that's when hemp starts blooming starts putting off that sap it's a great plant for bees um, I think the tech, state of Texas should just get off their ass and legalize it across the board. We're really quit, behind quit, on that. Quit playing around with 0 0.03 or whatever THC level. Just legalize it. Hmm. We're just saying, like, I mean, what can help the farmers out, right? I mean, yeah. That'd be huge. I mean, huge agriculture. Hemp, yeah. Huge. Hemp you see the states will turn help anything the farmers around. Out, uh, especially if they're using using it for cbd products uh, talk about the youtube stuff i saw a thing where a guy um oh man they called him the uh they called him the can cannabis kings or something like that oh, he's doing the can of honey well no um i've seen that though before uh this is super interesting tastes like honey by the way no, so i've heard the uh boss uh anyway the no they go to all these remote areas in the world just to find pure sh seeds off of naturally glowing oh, the land growing. races yeah the land, the land races, races. And, and yeah. so forth and that blew me away i never realized and these guys found these seeds in um somewhere i would be lying in haiti i think it was and they were going all over the place and they finally found it, got this land and they brought it back and they're like i don't think you realize this is a hundred million dollars worth of seeds that i have in my hands right now because it's never been discovered and it's oh. never been altered by um no cross-pollination no, no or purple star fucker or, or anything yeah, like that exactly or, and that's a hundred million dollars because they took some ex expedition into the middle of nowhere that, and got these if it's the same guy i'm thinking of though that's all he does yeah that's it's his. two it's two dudes and one is like this crocodile dundee looking guy and the other well, dude looks like super he, rich yeah playboy white, yeah. Play, yeah yeah straight up because I saw him in uh, Panama. He was looking for the original Panama Red. Okay. It blew me away. Uh, I, it's just that people don't realize how big this industry is, especially as it's growing. You know, right. and, you know, every, I'm a capitalist. I love money and I love well, sure. following how look, it's made. All you got to do is look and see how much hemp is grown in India. Yeah. yeah. India. All these other countries. I mean, and nobody thinks about that. There are other countries besides America. And they all deal with hemp, Wait, too. Wait, what? Yeah, 62. Uh, exactly. So, 
Yeah, and they're all probably doing a better job than we are. But it's one of those things that I, I find interesting. I, I'm hoping that it'll, I don't want to say come full circle, because I, I hate it when people say that, oh, it'll come full circle, because you're just starting right where you were. But I hope it kind of Well, that's goes, just somebody who's so lazy, they're waiting for it to come back to them. Well, I hope it goes on a 180 shift that to where, you know, hemp is legalized, THC is legalized in Texas, because as you know, uh, we were just talking about farmers and these young people are moving away from agriculture and farming type jobs. Right. How are we going to supply our HEBs, our farmers markets, et cetera? And so hopefully we're, we're we are close to that tipping point in January of 2020 to where, you know, I, I for us young people that in the next 10, 15, 20 years are going to be the judges, the senators. Help pick the up the mantle, right? And actually, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, who, absolutely. who really in 15 years sitting in Senate, sitting in Congress, can say, yeah, I never smoked a joint. No, I never hit a bong. No, I never did that once. Right. And to be non judgmental about that aspect, and especially, you know, being a millennial border man. As for the, as a, I say, an older millennial or exennial or whatnot. And so hopefully the generation behind us will support that and hopefully change is on the horizon. Yeah. Well, I mean, 10 years in public service, when we would hire people at, at right when I was getting in, if you've ever smoked weed, it was bad. You were, you were scarlet so letter. Bad. We're not hiring you. You're a drug addict, right? Yeah. And then it got to the point where DPD, when I was exiting law enforcement, Dallas Police Department was like, when was the last time you done, <laughs> not not weed? When was the last time you snorted coke? Was it yeah. this year? No, you're hired. You're hired. Legit, legit. But if you'd have said I didn't, I didn't snort any coke. I smoked weed. They wouldn't have took you. Well, they changed it. But I'm just saying, it's like it's insane yeah. that we. We're, I think I there is it. progression because. Yeah, yeah. When law here's enforcement I, can't hire people, they're like, we got to change something. Exactly. <laughs> here's here's one I heard along that same line. The FBI is having a hard time finding hackers. Yeah. Because yeah. hackers wake and bake. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, a, that's just their line of business. Yeah. And FBI can't find any of them who will give up the weed long enough to actually do and, some work for and them. And it's true. And you got to adapt. When I, was, when I was getting out the Marine Corps, they were like, oh, well, sleeves are bad. It has to be two inches above the elbow and this and that, you know, and I'm, I have, I have tats, but not on my arm, but nonetheless, it's like, you can't judge a man or woman's character by the ink they have on yeah, their body. It's, it's like, it, get the fuck out of here, man. It's pretty man. bad. Uh, I, have, I have a caveat it's, to that. It's, I was in the army in the eighties Yeah. when they were putting uh motorcycle gangbangers in there and white supremacists. Oh. And, and that's how we weeded them out was with their tats. Well, uh, see, I see, get that. They were coming in. They were sending them in to get the military training. They'd run them through the get, infantry, yeah, and they do their two shit. years yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then they're right back out on the street sure, with the military sure. training. No, and I'm, I'm not. I don't want to take away from that, from that focus because that was, that was. But you're tough. right. You can't generalize. You can't generalize. Right. I mean, speaking of generalizing, like what. 
you know, transgender, right, in the military. Like, how do you, speaking of, that kind of just brought to my, oh, popped into like, my mind. Like, like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, Which conversation so, was he listening to? Right. <laughs> well, well, think about it, like, you know, just how it's changing, right? right. Everything's changing. And I was thinking, of, we talked about transgenders uh, competing in sports and what's yeah. that doing to sports and stuff like that. And it's actually affected yeah. the military as well. I mean, which PT test do you take and should the PT test eventually be the same? I mean, even though what women can do more sit-ups than men, but men can do more push-ups just based on the physique of the human body. I mean, I mean, if you're you asking think? for my, I mean, what we, don't have, a, we don't have enough time to get into this on a, on a full throttle. Yeah, aspect, no, but just really but quick, really I mean, quick, whatever you're born as, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm very simple. If you're born a certain gender, you need to perform at a certain gender. Is that wrong? To compete. I don't think it's wrong. I Is agree that with wrong? you. wrong? I mean... I'll summarize it, is... it like this. I am a, I'm a proponent of choosing who you love and sure. how you live your life. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Me too. I am, a, I am the first person I will be, I think, one of the uh, modern day current civil rights is right. coming to forth of you know uh, gay marriage or LGBT yeah, I'm community. For, oh yeah, for I'm sure. For it. For sure. And I, I'm on the front lines 100%. of it. Yeah, they should be as miserable as the rest. Of exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Thank that you. said, in the words of Chris. Rock. And yeah. if you're gonna get the divorce, you don't just walk away when it's over. No. Yeah. Right. You go for the. You got to get the divorce yes. too. Yes. Yep. Yep. I, I, just, I don't like. But, the, oh, go ahead. But if you're, I'm, I'm the same way. If you're gonna compete, if you want to be. Uh, a male who feels like you should have been a female and you live your entire life like a female, I support your decision. 100%. But if you're a male and you're in high school and you want to compete against females in a sport, I am against that. Just yeah. for the sake not, of, of claiming that just so you can be the best. That's where I'm against it. I it's agree. A fact that I agree. Our makeups as a male or a female are different. They are. Period. Yeah. Down to the genitals. But when it comes to <laughs> literally, sports, you know? Man, if we're in a firefight, I don't give a damn. Right. I you you got my back, I got yours. I don't yeah, I don't girl. care your background. As long but, as you're putting bullets the same way. Exactly. Bullets, <laughs> we're, we're okay. Are we on the same side? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. The end. Exactly. The end. The end. All right. <laughs> I don't know how we got. Sorry, PJ. PJ took a turn. So we're about like, to wrap like, up. Like, and and I think that. you would find, as a majority, more of your military are going to be like that. It's going to yeah. be your politicians and the higher ups that are going to have mean, the real problem. With you mean the, the guys people. on the ground? As long as the guys on the yeah. ground have the guys on the ground back, yeah. they could give a shit less. Alan, call I me shocked. You. You mean the guys and women in suits that have never strapped up boots feel <laughs> a certain that, way? Get out of here. Hey, you know that saying. Those who can do, those who can't do, teach. Yeah. And those who can't do or teach, make policy for everybody else. Exactly. And those so, who can't make policy become lawyers. That's where it comes. Yep. Yep. That's <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> This is the 14th day of January 2020. Exactly. Well, man, like this always happens, right? We get into the real good mix towards the end. Such a good question, man. I don't feel like we got a chance or an opportunity to really dig into who you are. And because of that, I am very curious if you would be willing to come back on. I actually have a proposal for you guys. Okay. I would like to wait until 
later on in the spring mm -hmm. after things start blooming and everything, and we take this out to the bee yard. Yeah. I yeah. On on location. I'll hook you guys up yes. with suits. Done. We'll we'll I'm crack open some hives. We'll get some bees yeah. out of the boxes. And we'll take a look at stuff. Oh my God, we're gonna go bee hunting and tornado hunting. I was about to say, me and PJ got it. We get, we're lighting it up for this year. We have Texas vortex. We're about to go in some tornadoes. That's awesome. Beehives. See, there's look. You can see all the different types of. Bee well, you had all the bees. Yeah, up there. there we go. Sorry. Yeah, there's lots of different native types of bees. Hmm. All different colors. This right here. Stop. Stop. Scroll back down, Justin. Right here on this picture, uh -huh. those big yellow balls, uh -huh. that's the pollen sacs. That's the pollen that she's taken out of the flowers that she's been visiting. She now has on her body to take back to the hive. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We're going to have to get into it because we just scratched the surface, man. We didn't get into queens and crossbreeding. I, like, I it'd be great on location to go over that. You know what I mean? Real. Yeah. I think so. I do a talk usually every year at the... Uh, Blanco Lavender Festival. Hmm. They usually give me 45 minutes and have to tell me to shut up at about an hour and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> twice as so I can talk nice. about bees. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Listen, I, I want to, as customary, we always go around the room very quickly, have parting words, thoughts, or questions. So, Dario. Yeah. Man, I just wanted to say, uh, as I say often with our guests, first of all, thank you for your time. It's the most valuable asset commodities, human beings. Thank you for the education, yeah. uh, because like I said, as a as a child, like bees was just kind of one of those things. I was like, yeah, and I just swat yeah, them. They I'm can be scary. Them. I'm, a, you know, uh, I'm definitely looking forward. Thank you for the invite to the on location spot. I want to have you on again. Extend this conversation to the next to level two and three and beyond. All right. uh, get a little more in depth, but. Um, Thank you for thank you for your time. Looking looking forward to next okay. time. Um, me personally, I just want to know how bad of a rap does. Um, oh, I just forgot it too. Um, Stand by me, give bees the movie. Oh, I, I always like to make a movie reference, but good call. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know the reference. Fair enough. <laughs> I could yeah. I could probably know more about the Shoot. B movie than Shoot. that part. I was about to ask about B movie Jerry Seinfeld and all hey, that. You can't, yeah, yeah. you can't win them all, guys. You can't <laughs> win them all. That's all right. Okay? That's all right. That's right. I'm out of here. On that point, you know, there needs to be a a B there needs to be a B fear movie. You know, there there. With Why? most Everybody's animals, like, you know, you have arachnophobia, you got Cujo, you got Jaws. There's, there's lots there, of it. killer bee movies in the yeah, movies. I yeah, think I, I don't, I don't really remember. I mean, Candyman. He had bees and stuff around. Right? Oh, disco. Good call. Good call. Disco. Yeah, but in the '80s, you were probably like ten I, or twelve. I was 12. born in the '80s. I was already <laughs> yeah. in high school. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there needs. Hey, if you're listening to the Hustlers Huddle. When you listen to this, and if you're a, a cinematic influencer, let's come out with a good beer beat. I think we've had enough on. We can make it happen. Yeah, I think we could. We probably. Could, we'll... <laughs> probably. Hey, man. Uh, Alan, thanks for coming, man. Always, it's a pleasure no seeing you. And I love you, buddy. We, we go back 
giveaways. Uh, but thanks for everything, man. Seriously, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Um, and that's all I got. Thank you guys for being here. I yeah, absolutely. It, Shout out to Chris. Can you uh, take us out, Dario? Hey, Alan, thank you again for coming on. Stay humble, stay no hungry. Keep hustling. Time to get up on the bus. I'm about to take your bus to school. Time's up, time's up, but we're at it again. Back in the lab and we're ready to win. This is where it starts and this is where it ends. Everything in between is just what it is. So sick.